welcome to the Dublin Arsenal podcast, Monday the 5th. I'm your host as always and throughout the season, Jonathan Giles. Um, I'm joined this week by my regular guests throughout the last nine months and it's really flown in. Uh, Carl Osborne from the UK, how are you Ozzy? Oh good mate, good to be here. Thanks for coming on Pat. Uh, Eamon Donnelly, um, who are you this week? How are you? <laughs> uh, evening Jonathan, evening Carl, uh, evening Connor. I see that much of the day fellas on there though, I think she's kind of wasn't on there. <laughs> uh, I, I played a match of the day in black and white. There's only one ball on the pitch. How are you doing? <laughs> all right, we're all good. All good. Um, I'm also joined, and I'm, it's 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 a great pleasure um, to have him on the show. Um, you'll re- probably recognise him from BBC Match of the Day commentary. Um, Connor McNamara. How are you, Connor? Hey, very good, very good indeed. You you guys nearly got there. It just. Uh... I mean, it came down to seriously though. It came down to the, the 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 Sunday before the end of the season, which, to be honest, is a lot closer than I guess most people thought it would do. But um, what a season! So very happy to be here to chat to you guys. Great. Time, yeah, it, it, it's with great pleasure um, to have you on, Connor. Uh, appreciate it uh, taking time out to join us uh, tonight. Um, you can catch our show on the Dublin Arsenal YouTube channel, uh, Spotify, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Check out our sister show with Martin Stumble, Beyond the Last Man. He covers the women's uh, side of things. Uh, there hasn't been a show put on in February, so I'll <laughs> uh, go, man, in the new season. We'll have a good run at that. Uh, check out our sponsor, Bannon Sports Direct. Uh, they do some nice footy gear there. Uh, check out our friends at JustArsenal.com. Pat McLaughlin, they're doing a great job. Thanks for mentioning us every week. And uh, the River Bar in Dublin City Centre is where uh, you can catch all the Arsenal matches as well. Um and thanks to them for having us all season long as well. Uh, much appreciated. Um, on this week's show, show, it's the end of season review covering all things Arsenal. Um, so we should have a good show in store for you t- tonight. Um, just a quick uh, mention on the end of season quiz, uh, which was hosted by uh, Carl Osborne there, Ozzy. Um, we've had 855 views, four likes. So um, that's definitely a good job done there, Karen. So thanks for that on Friday night. Cheers, mate. It was a pleasure. Pleasure. Yeah. Um, listeners definitely want to podcast. So <laughs> after nine months, you probably got sick of looking at everyone's faces, but uh, I hope you enjoyed the host more than the guests. <laughs> uh, going to the previous stats from last Monday show: 101 views, uh, four likes, and we're up to 3,113 uh, 3, subscribers. Um, as I said a couple of weeks ago, we're up 2,000 from last Jan- August, sorry. So we're only at touching the 1,000. So thanks very much to everyone who listens. Um, I want to give a big shout out to Eamon's friends as well. I've mentioned them in the last few episodes. Neil Egan and Richard White. Uh, Richard White, Eamon, is a, a long, long, long Everton fan, sorry. Um, he particularly liked Connor's commentary for the Corey's uh, winner on the last day <laughs> of the season. Would you like to refresh us with that, Connor, briefly? <laughs> I got, funny enough, my, my, my friend who's a massive Evertonian had asked, he wanted it for his ringtone, so funny enough, I actually do. I don't have this for all my goals, by the way, but I literally have this here if you give me 10 seconds. Here we go. This is what he wanted for his ringtone. That's great, <laughs> <laughs> it had to be done. You stay up the last day of the season, you got to go full throttle. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Brilliant. I have to say, that's definitely on par with Martin Tyler's Aguero moment. Connor. <laughs> <laughs> we're definitely the John Matson without the sheepskin, anyway, over here, anyway, that's for sure. It's <laughs> weather, not in the sunshine we're having, jeepers. <laughs> Too right, yeah. And long may you continue. Uh, um, yeah, so we're done to go into, lads, um, the end of season review. Um, and we'd start off. We had we'd had it have a really we really had a really good season at myself Aaron, and as you will agree. Um the final position was second in the table, played 38, 126, drew six, lost six, scored eighty-eight, and conceded forty-three, finished with eighty-four points. Other seasons gone by probably would have won you the league, but Man City being the machine they are, steamrolled on from March onwards and came up a bit short, but um, definitely optimistic times ahead, lads. Um, in total, we scored 103 goals in all competitions, scoring a record 88 in the Premier League. Um, 19 different goal scorers and 16 scores in the Premier League. No other team had more, which uh, only looked at it. And it was quite clear. Um, season last week started off with, uh, I went for Bukaya Sacco. Sacco, sorry. I thought he had a great season, you know. Um, since that penalty miss against Italy in the Euros a couple of years ago, he's just really kicked on. Uh, 15 goals in all competitions this year, and I can only see him getting stronger. Uh, signing a new contract has been a big one as well. You know, all Arsenal fans will be thankful of that. Um, I'll go to yourself, Connor, since you're our guest tonight. Who would have been your standout Arsenal player uh, of the season? I think I think it has to be Saliba for me. Um, in in only that you know we a little bit sort of had forgotten about him. He, he'd guy come in. We knew he was doing well on loan in France. Um, but the difference he made to that defence and you know you're absolutely right that Saka's been fantastic and I think he'd walk into most teams across Europe. But we sort of knew that before this season. If you were to say you know what changed this season, for me it was that emergence of Saliba has been the absolute rock. And um, I think it'll go down in in folklore. It'll sort of become a meme for Arsenal in the future. If things are going well, you'll be thinking, I hope we don't have a Saliba, which will become the guy who's doing brilliant will be out of the reckoning for the for the run in because, you know, it, it made such a difference. Um, but I think he yeah. made the players around him play better. I think his emergence in the centre kind of pushed Ben White out to full back. And I think that was a great success. I remember the opening night of the season, you might remember back at the very start, it was a Friday night. Arsenal started against Crystal Palace at Sellers Park. And I was I did the commentary for that game for Premier League. And I remember, you know, we we're almost surprised we got the team sheet. Like, Where's Ben White going to play? And people were saying, oh, he played right back in a few preseason friendlies. But you're thinking, he's not going to do that up against Wilfred Zaha, you know, who the previous season had had one of his best seasons. And you're thinking, Zaha's going to burn him here. And he didn't. You know, Wilfred Zaha was kept in the pocket of Ben White that night. And I think it set the agenda. But White never would have been playing in that position, I, I feel, if it hadn't been for the the emergence of Saliba in the centre that absolutely pushed him out of that equation. So Saliba came in, he and Gabriel looked, you know, they looked a title winning central defensive pairing. So if, um, if you know, in, in a season when clearly the whole squad has performed very highly, for me, he's the one who stood out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. William Saliba, 27 appearances and two goals. And uh, that for the fourth one was against Bournemouth. And I remember Sinchenko went down on his knees saying, oh, what are you doing? And then he looks around, it was in, buried in the back of the net. Uh, very close to goal of the season for me, um, to be honest. Um, Eamon, you're a player this season for Arsenal? Yeah, this, this is a weird one because I agree with Connor entirely that um, Saliba was the one guy that we couldn't afford to lose mm. on the run-in because that would have been like Liverpool losing Van Dijk four or five years ago because he made everybody play better. And the one thing that I always said on this show was that the way he comes out with the ball, he takes less touches than everybody else and moves it on quicker. So you get the game turned around a lot quicker. Whereas 
Rob Holding takes seven, eight, nine touches, and the opposition have a chance now to set up. So losing Saliba uh, made Gabriel play worse because he was compensating for other things. I think he was our most important player, right? Um, but remember, we're a small squad on the way up. Um, to my mind, um, I kind of agree with Jonathan as well. The one thing about Bukayo Saka, I'd say, is it's the first time I've sat in the stadium in years, in years, and I go to a lot of games where every time he receives the ball, the stadium goes quiet, but there's a little hum because everybody <laughs> knows something is going to happen. Even if it's only a shift and a short pass, it's a shift and a short pass where there's two defenders on him and there's a big spike. Q, Thomas Partey's goal against Tottenham, you know, um, shifted it off the Ben White, over the party. Um, he, he, he's an incredible player and he would walk into any team anywhere in the world. He is a worldie. He is a worldie. Um, but uh, Martin Aldegaard, by the way, is going to get the player of the year, uh, according to the supporters. I, I, I love Martin Aldegaard. Um, he reminds me of Liam uh, in a lot of ways, but um, there, there's a couple of things that he has to do, and that is stay out of our own box at all times when we're <laughs> yeah. defending anything. Because he costs us goals. I'm, I'm, I'm not being funny. He has yeah. cost us goals. Martin Odegaard should stand on the halfway line when, when the opposition has a corner because he should be an out ball and let other people come in and do that because he gets pushed off the ball easy in those situations. And it costs us three or four times this season. Yeah. But I'm going to give the player of the year to somebody who I spoke up for for years and who everybody abused. And I was there the day against Palace when it happened, right? And I turned around to supporters and said, don't boo your own players. That's just not on. Granite Jacket, to me, was our player of the year. He was absolutely phenomenal. The amount of touches, the bravery on the ball. Uh, I wouldn't quite say a new position. Probably the position he played for his international country. But he was absolutely phenomenal. And his attitude and influence on the other players. So for me, it's Granite Jacket. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was a close one thing, to be honest, because all, all the main say players to say, you know, it's tough to pick um, a player of the season, but definitely because Saka for me um, does, does, does edge it probably ahead of a lot of others, and probably Martin Odegaard, to be honest. Um, Ozzy, you've been waiting a while on the bench there. Uh, <laughs> palms are sweaty, you're a player of the well, season. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, we're all going to go for someone different, which just says what a season we've had, really, doesn't it? Um, so I'm going to go straight in there with Ben White and and I'll give you some reasoning behind Ben White because I think he's been Mr. Consistent um, in, in this Arsenal team. Um, going there every home game up into a season, um, he has been the consistent player. And I think what he brought to the team was that link-up play with, with Bukayo Saka, the link-up with midfield. Um, he, 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 he got things going for us and I think Saka's had such a good season on the back of the way Ben White's played. And we've got to look at the sort of mentality that Ben White brings, brings, Benjamin White, shall I say, brings to the team. Um, really, he's, he he came off of, you know, he had a bad, bad World Cup. I say the bad World Cup, something's clearly happened and the mentality showed he improved himself from that. Um, and, and yeah, I just think the mentality and the way he plays, he, 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 he's full on 100%, 110%. Um, he gives his all. And... And you can just see that through the team. And I say the link up for Saka, I, I generally think his link up play has been brilliant. I watched him at centre back um, last game of the season and um, just shows how versatile he is as well. Because he's playing in a new position 
Um, and we, you know, a new, a new, it's not his regular position playing right back, is it? So yeah, no, I, I, think, I think for me, Saka was was up there. I was close. Sleeper was a close second, hundred percent. And I, I think um, the point we touched on in the quiz, didn't we? One of the quiz questions was who had the highest, well, who had the highest pass accuracy for Arsenal this season, and and Sleeper had a ninety-one percent pass accuracy, which is which is massive for for, for the amount of games he played, because the rest of the sort of options were sort of substitutes, you know. So. Um, and that says a lot for how the transition played. But I think Ben White has a lot to do with that. He, he always offered an outlet. Um, yeah, and, and for me, yeah, Ben, ben, ben White um, all the way. But I say that's down for me. He's Mr. Consistent. Yeah. Do, do you know what stat that jumped out for me with Ben White this season was of, of all Arsenal players, he was the one who sent the most passes into the final third. And, you know, I would have thought that would have been Odegaard or maybe Xhaka. Yeah. But- to have it, um, to have it as Ben White says an awful lot because I, I always, you know, thought of him actually getting forward to being part of, you know, creating an option to be available in the final third. But um, but 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 he was the one who sent the most passes, which would surprise me. Yeah, yeah, and that, and that's it. He does he does offer that outlet, doesn't he? And and he can cross the ball, you know. Can I just make one point about Saliba though, and and in, in terms of the the, the conversation we're having about ninety one percent passing accuracy, what's what's really more impressive. Anybody can have 91% passing accuracy. If you choose safe passes to put your, your, your colleague in trouble, you can be passing that. But his passes, and this is the point, point I'm making, when you're sitting behind the goal and you see two touches and then he tries to find a pass through the gap, and, and, and to get 91% accuracy when you're playing brave passes yeah. is unbelievable, you know? I had to laugh actually as well. That's just you gave it to Ben White. Does he, he, he? If he wasn't a footballer, he says he would have been a gardener. <laughs> Which, you know, you know, you know, is brilliant, isn't it? It's, 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 yeah, yeah, we're it's signing awesome. Percy Trower in the transfer window. <laughs> <laughs> he does a great job in the Emirates pitch. If he does the gardening there, <laughs> long may continue. But no, he's so good with it, with the ball at his feet. He's like he comes out like he's really. In his days with Leeds and Brighton, yeah, I think we've got a bargain there for what was it, fifty million pounds? You know, yeah, really. <laughs> it was good. questioned at the time, really though, wasn't it? It was. It was really it questioned was, yeah. at the time, and I think it's money well spent, to be honest, yeah. because I think, I yeah. think we, we missed Absolutely. him. We we missed him when he weren't, yeah. you know, um, yeah, when he weren't playing. There would have been another player, lads. I don't know whether you agree. They would have came close with me as well. Um, Alexander Zinchenko. I thought he really had a good season with us as well. Would have came close as well, you know. He brought that um, winning mentality from Man City. You could see that he was a big character in the dressing room alongside um, Gabriel Jesus. So, you know, the signings have been very clever in that way where it's gathered the dressing room and the huddles before the match as well. You can see the, the, the togetherness there, you know. Um, Kept Tierney so up. Right? I mean, I guess, I guess Tierney, who, you know, you. Yeah. A year and a half ago, you said arguably Arsenal's future was Tierney, and he was the, the you know, um, but he couldn't get the team because, and I, I think this summer will be interesting because Tierney is a good player. Um, you know, is he going to ha- be happy to continue to be that sort of second fiddle, or is, or, you know, is he going to want to move and, and and play regularly somewhere else? I think I think that's that's the the kind of price of success for Arsenal. That that kind of problem is going to emerge now. I, th- I think he's, I think Tierney's at Newcastle already, Connor. You know. Yeah. Mm. I'd be sad to see Tierney go because he's kind of the last school old fallback that doesn't mind putting his foot in. You know, he, he doesn't think twice about going in for a tackle. You know, um, obviously from the Celtic days he learned that. Yeah, but um, it, 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 but it depends on how tactically we're going to evolve. Like Sinchenko cost those games by not being able to defend. 
But yeah. he also put us on the front foot in so many more games. So it depends on what uh, Arteta and the coaching staff see as our evolution. Um, he obviously saw that Tierney couldn't do um, what Zinchenko was doing. Uh, and in the middle of the season, you might remember, folks, um, when, when Zinchenko was injured, he went with Tommy Yasu on that side, yeah. which tells you an awful lot, you know? So yeah. depends on what way he wants to do it tactically. But Tierney is a first-class boy, a first-class pro. He will always be remembered fondly at the Arsenal, but I don't think he has a future at our club because he wants to be a left full playing every week, and I think that'll be somewhere else, unfortunately, you know? Yeah, he scored a world against FC Stordic as well in the Europa League, the last game. I've got that game, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was an absolute world, wasn't it, yeah? Um, okay, uh, that's clear the season uh, sorted, so from the lads. Um, signing of the season, lads, um, I went for um, the signing of Leandro Trossard myself from Brighton in January, so that was a good bit of business done by Edu and co. Um, if, well worth 20 I think it was £26 million, pound, but kind of questioned it at first, but this, the assist he got from the, from January onwards was nearly as close to any of them, you know. Um, I'll go to you, uh, Connor again. Uh, signing of the season from Arsenal. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just kind of looking down on my phone here now to remind myself yeah. of the sign. So what, you Turner came in, okay, as a fringe. Gabriel Jesus, Sinchenko, um, that was kind of the summer business, wasn't it? And then and then Trossard, Kivior, Jorginho, yeah, in January. Right, so yeah. I guess we could say signing of the season for, for me that kind of has to be over the over the course of the whole season. So it's Gabriel Jesus or Zinchenko. Um, obviously Gabriel Jesus, unfortunately, with the the injury, um, and yeah, he, you know, he didn't achieve those sort of stellar figures that that you know maybe some number nines do. But I still think he he, he has stepped up. He feels like more of the main man at Arsenal than than he was at City. Um, I think you know that that mentality you guys have mentioned with Zinchenko. I think that's all there with Gabriel Jesus. Um, so if, if, if you take, you know, just the, the you know, uh, of the two guys who played regularly, Jesus, Sinchenko, I, I, I think I would give it to, 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 to Gabriel Jesus as just being, you know, a signal of intent. What was it? It was less than, I mean, we're talking 50 million was a good deal for Ben White. It was less money than that yeah. to bring yeah. in a, you know, the guy who's been first choice attacker for Brazil for a long time. That's that's fantastic business. And it just showed, right, Arsenal are going places. That mentality um, sort of set the agenda as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it's a good coach out there, Connor. Considering he, lo- he missed a lot of games after the World Cup, he didn't mm. come back till March, I think, against Fulham. Um, but he gives you a lot more than goals, doesn't he? he he's just a, a torment to defenders, isn't he? He gives you so much more than the Works goals. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I always very surprised Sinchenko and Gabriel Jesus went from Man City to a fellow rival Premier League team. You know, I really thought they would have. Sold them elsewhere, but I'll take it out. I'll do it again, John. <laughs> There's talk. I don't know. Gundawan is a possibility. The Gundawan's 32 years of age. No, no. I'm not. I'm not having this. I'll go with age. No, He's I, 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 I think Pep. You know, I think it's a lot of respect. I think he does like Arteta. I yeah. think he was he was happy to do him. You know, a favor. Let's call it that. And refer to commas. I also I also think he likes Gabriel Jesus and Sinchenko. You know, he didn't want them to go to some periphery club. He, he kind of thought yeah. that was a good fact. But he, he's now been scared by, he's not going to do that. You know, there's no chance. He, he would sell the Etihad before he'll give Gundogan to Arsenal. I'll tell you that. Absolutely. No chance. Yeah. Uh, yeah Barcelona can have, but not Arsenal. No way. No way. I think they're 
but fans, you never know a few drinks over dinner and maybe you might start something else. Game you know? drunk. Is that the tactic? Game I drunk. think that worked last year. I don't think it's working again. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, Connor, for bursting our bubble there. Um, uh, Eamon, your player, uh, sorry, signing the season, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Connor kind of stormed me thunder because to me, it is Gabriel Jesus. But just on that last point, I mean, there's no way Man City are going to sell any players to us now. Right, because it's a bit like Segovia teaching John Williams the classical guitar. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I'm teaching this guy and he's out playing me. Uh, so there's an element of that to it. So I, I think we're, we're done now with taking City players. We got two great signings. And I just think that the reason why uh, uh, Gabriel Jesus uh, tips it for me is because I think it those away wins early in the season, August, September, when we swatted away Bournemouth and we swatted away Brentford, which is a really hard place to go. Brentford away, like, you know. And Gabriel Jesus tortured defenders. And when he was torturing defenders, he opened up spaces for everybody else. He brought Martinelli into the game. He brought Saka into the game because he kept everybody so busy. And, you know, when he got injured, Eddie did really well. Eddie did really, really well. And I think that's worth a mention. But to, to me, Gabriel Jesus was the guy who was the, when we first start kind of copping on, there's something going on at the Arsenal here. It was because of him and what he was doing. So Gabriel Jesus for me. Yeah, yeah, signing the season was a close one thing. Actually, you were all, the really well, Jorginho as well, kind of went under the radar. Yeah, the experience he brought was really key to us, I think, from the Aston Villa game onwards, yeah. Um, Ozzy, you're um, signing the season? Yeah, it's a tight one for me. I'm, I've gone Chinchenko. Um, I did have Jesus down. It is a flip a coin for them, to be honest, really. I think <laughs> the, the injury to Jesus probably, if you're saying signing of the season and what they've contributed, I think Chinchenko's just changed the way we play. That transition, that he, he pops up in midfield. He caused a lot of problems um, and he changed the way we play. I think we missed Chinchenko when he wasn't inside. Certain games, I'd say, not in the big games. I think that caused us a few problems. But um, but yeah, no, I think I think both Chinchenko and Jesus are, are cracking signings. It was just, you know, I think Man City were mad to let us have him, to be honest. But like I say, I think we've learned their lessons from that. But um, yeah, Zinchenko, again, it's, it's, it's a mentality thing for me. I, lo- I love it. The positivity he brought to a team, the energy he brought to the team, him and Ben White uh, on their day, they were unplayable. Um, and and the passion he shows as well. So I think, um, you know, you know, yeah, Zinchenko for me, you know, tips it just because he might have impact he's had on this season and the sort of way he changes our sort of, play how he pops up in midfield. I don't, I don't think you see that from... Uh, but like 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 Aaron rightfully pointed out, that could be problematic in a certain game, and it was at times. And that's when um, Arteta had his work out to make sure he brought the right people on um, to do that. I think it was one game where he played Tommy Asu over both Sinchenko and Tierney, wasn't it? I can't remember who that, who that was now, but um, to, to sort of shut out the game. So so he has got his limitations, but um, nonetheless, great signing. And um, he's my signing of the season. But Carl, just one point, on that, one point on that, Jonathan, sorry, it was yeah, don't underestimate what Granit Xhaka did for Zinchenko. Yeah. In terms yeah. of when you have that inversion into the midfield, you've got to have an intelligent guy. You know, Granit Xhaka was, and Zinchenko were telepathic for the first, you know, six months of the season. It was, it was unbelievable, you know. <clears throat> I can see if he stays long enough there that... I know the great future Arsenal captain there, maybe Sanchenko. He's got the 
He's got the leadership there, hasn't he? I think there's about six or seven that could be captain in that team, John. I'll tell you. I think there's about yeah. six or seven players when you look at you look through the team. We got Jonathan has already sold Odegaard. <laughs> you, you just go through the team though. You've got Odegaard, you've got Zinchenko, you've got Gabriel, yeah. Gabriel, you've got Saka. You know, these are all potential for me, potential captains in that side. They've got a lot of leaders now, which is something we lacked over the years, right? Yeah, that's uh, to say we've six or seven captains, you know, that, that shows how far we've come under Arteta because I know Eamon says we still need a big name manager. <laughs> We have running. <laughs> no, don't listen to it, Let's just admit you were like a shock jock trying to stir people up. You were wrong. We have a big name manager. His name is Mikel Arteta. He's going to be a great manager, and let's hope it's, it does. So let's clear that up for the audience once and for all. <laughs> um, I just like to say I um, at humble pie this season. Because back in August, I said it, Arteta wouldn't last till Christmas. So <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing what a World Cup does in the middle of December for your uh, confidence. Well, I, 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 <laughs> so, I think that's an interesting point, though. You know, you talk about World Cup. I mean, it was an unusual season in terms of World Cup in the middle. Obviously, yeah. started early. The, the stability and you know Gabriel Jesus, we mentioned the injury in Saliba at the end. Throughout the rest of the season, though, I, I think. You know, because from a commentator's point of view, we go to games and it's always like how many changes from the last game and we have to kind of work out the the team formations because they, they, they we get the teams ahead of everyone else. But then we've got to tell the, the TV graphics guys so they can put it in the formation, which is a yeah. nightmare with City because City's kind of become impossible to to draw, you know, <laughs> to, to, to lay out graphically. But um, but with Arsenal, it was always great. It was always like, all right, unchanged or one change. Or, you know, but, and, <laughs> and I think by, by a long way, Arteta made fewer changes to his starting teams over the course of the season than... Than any other manager, so um, that that stability is great, but you can't count on that always. You know what I mean? There's a reason managers make changes. People have been available. I think I think Arsenal yeah. had a great streak of that, um, yeah. and it helps then establish this idea of having the the so many captains in the teams and so many, because there's so many guys who were you know first picks. We were always in there, um, virtually unchallenged. Um, so and, and and that's not to say you know as we've said. If Zinchenko's not available, Tierney comes in, he's a good player. And yeah. Inkedia, you know, for, for a while there was absolutely carrying the can and he was keeping the yeah. keeping the boat afloat in very tricky circumstances. So, you know, I'm, I'm not criticizing those who weren't there, but I'm just saying next season, Champions League football, more sort of, you know, a, a regular season, no little World Cup break, stuff like that. It is going to be challenging for Arsenal to keep up that um that intensity as, as far into the season as they did this time around. Yeah, uh, and before we came on air as well, uh, Connor Eamon was just mentioning we, we just we had about a good 16 players to call on but after that we were really struggling when the injuries started coming mm. uh, and that's something that has to be really looked but at I think it's, you know in, in this day and age of you know I think Chelsea have far too many players <laughs> I think you know some some teams they they yeah. you know and for a long time it was said about Arsenal you know what, what's Arsenal's best team does the manager know his best team I mean now he absolutely does so there's there's positives to that as well and you don't want to go down that Nottingham Forest route where you've nearly yeah. 40 first team players yeah yeah, it, it, there's just too much to do. I have to say, we didn't win the league because we ran our squad. It's as simple as that. Saliba hurt us big time, but we ran out of squad. So if you're going to compete, and remember, and I don't want to get, you know, Sarah Graves with Man City, you're competing against something very different. Something very different, right? And for all their great football, there's questions around them. And there's going to be questions around Newcastle. So what are you going to do? We're very well placed, I think, from the structure of the club. 
phase one of the Arteta Ideal project was born the house down. We did that. We burnt the house down. Phase two, get back into Europe. We did that. Phase three, get back into the Champions League. We didn't expect to be challenging for the title when we were doing that. So we're kind of ahead of where we were. We have good owners, I think, um, who have copped on to the values of the club. And we have money to spend that's not mad money. It's not Chelsea money. Chelsea just spend ridiculous money. Ridiculous. They're going to go out business if they keep that going, right? <laughs> and I just think that phase four now is keep adding to the squad to make it more competitive and challenge for and challenge for trophies. And if we keep on that trajectory and don't panic, you could hit the panic button and start, oh, we get Gundogan in. We go, man, keep on the trajectory we're on, right? And we will be there or there at belts. Because if you look at the other clubs, like Chelsea might have spent a fortune, they're all over the place. They are all over the place, right? Liverpool need to burn the house down. Man United are halfway between burning the house down and calling the fire brigade. It's, you know, so there still is a chance. Spurs, um, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> no, I don't, know what, I, I don't know what Daniel Levy is this great negotiator. Well, you know, he, he's got a job in his hands there now. They've chosen the wrong managers. They've done. So I'm just saying that while all of this is going on, and if City win the Champions League, Trust me, the hunger among those players and Pep might not just be what it is at the moment. So there may well be a chance. Now, we could suffer a hangover next season. Totally. We could suffer a hangover and find ourselves in eighth place. You know, uh, don't say that, No, no, we could. But what I'm saying is that the, (laughs) the trajectory and the vision is the vision. Stick with it. Back yourself, you know. But it's different. Like If you compare, say, the, the, the Leicester season, which, yeah. you know, was completely unexpected. But, you know, as you've said there, it was unexpected that, that Arsenal be in the title race this year. Um, the end of that season, you know, Riyad Mahrez was poached away and Golo Kante was yeah. poached away. Yeah. Drinkwater didn't turn out to be successful. Yeah. You know, at the time, he was a regular poached away. It was like a huge thing just to hold on to Vardy. That's not going to happen at Arsenal. You know, there's no way Martinelli's going to get poached away or Saka's yeah. going to get poached away. Um, and I think, you know, unlike the, 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 the Leicester season, it's you know that was beyond their wildest dreams. Whereas for Arsenal fans, you know you've used a good term there in terms of ahead of schedule. It's not that that's beyond the wildest dreams of Arsenal fans. For a yeah. club like Arsenal, stadium history, the whole lot should be in the title race every year. Yeah. Um, so so that's sort of a realization of where, where where the club feel that they they should be. So I think the 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 prospect of trailing away so rapidly and of course it's always possible. I mean Liverpool have had a stink season and they shouldn't have you know truly it's always possible you trail away. But but Arsenal seem a young team, hungry team, motivated manager. And the kind of reasons why it went wrong, not that we weren't good enough, you know, squad wasn't deep enough. Those are reasons, not that the players themselves weren't good enough. So I think I think that the morale boost of one or two signings that just feel, yeah, quality is coming in. um, Still, we're going, you know, we're growing all the time. No one's allowed rest on their laurels. And I, you know, there's every chance Arsenal are at least as good, if not better next season. Yeah, he made a statement of intent, in fairness, Arteta, um, when he got rid of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, um, that, mm. you know, he getting big a big name, you know, uh, and if he wasn't going with the flow, it was out, you know. And I think the players, their respect, there's a good there's a good bond there. You can see that, and you could see at the last eight of the season, as Eamon said, those last game of the season can just peter out and you can see fans leaving, you know, with five, ten minutes to go. But every fan's standing their seat to 
applaud the team off, and I think that shows the togetherness. Of, that's yeah. been one of the biggest things this season, that connection with the fans. Yeah, um, connection with the fans. He's yeah. brought our Arsenal back. It's as yeah. simple as that. Um, you got to have some back, yeah. The positivity, he's brought everything around there, isn't he? And and, and he's had a lot to do. The documentary had a big part to play in that. I was sceptical that when that came about, but I thought that was really good, the connection that you brought with the fans. And, and yeah, I think yeah, I think it's fantastic. Done a fantastic job. And Edu needs to mention as well, because he's had a lot to part yeah. to play in this as well. Yeah, he has, yeah. Um, most improved player, lads, we move on to. Um, Connor, most improved player for Arsenal that you've seen um, this season? Most improved player. Um, <laughs> it's a tough one. <laughs> it is a tough one. Do you know? It, yeah. it, 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 I mean, you know, and I'm tempted to obviously say Saliba, but he he played so little for the club before. But you know, it's probably not worth it. Maybe, maybe Gabriel. You know, I think yeah. I, I think he he suddenly looked uh, a mature. You know, before he was he was a kid. You know, he became a man this season. He he, he yeah. just grew into the role, the responsibilities. He chipped in with goals. Um, yeah, you know, just just a very impressive season. They 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 looked like a sort of a Tony Adams, Martin Keown, yeah. the, the stature yeah. of Arsenal yeah. defender, didn't they? They they weren't just kids with potential. So, um, and 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 you know they 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 you know against against the likes of an Erling Haaland or whatever. Look, and I know City, you know, managed to put up the goods, but you know they weren't intimidated physically. They weren't, you know, they were able to yeah. to compete both with the the Brazilian stuff, but also the rolling up the sleeves and the very English Premier League stuff. So. Um, yeah, if you're to say an improved player, someone who stepped up, I, I think he'd be right up there for me. Yeah, he's a bit of bite about him actually as well. I think he got married the other day as well, so shout out to Gabriel. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, you can see Saliba and Gabriel as a an Adams Keown type centre back. Mm. I was just I was just thinking that actually today. You can see that they they they're very comfortable with each other in Ramsdale. You know, that back four, back five is very comfortable, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Eamon, your um, most improved player of the season for them? Um, well, I think Gabriel certainly had the most improved teeth. And I think that um, uh, Rob Holding had the most improved hair. Um, but, <laughs> oh, you're so no, no, the, the most improved player to me, and Ozzy touched on this earlier on, was Ben White. Because, you know, he started the season being shoved out to right fullback. And... It was obvious that by October, we were torching teams down that right side. Torching teams down that right side. Absolutely. So Ben White to me, I love his attitude. Uh, I love his, um, and as Johnny George is like, there's a bit of the devil in him as well there, Bill. There's the devil in him and there's a bit of spite in him too. And I'm not suggesting, the game is a bit sanitised now and we're not going back to the days of Peter Starley and Chopper Harris, but there is a bit of a... <laughs> Now, there is a bit of a spite in, in Ben White, and Connor referenced it earlier on. He's going to get torched by Zaha. He got rightly stuck into him that night within the laws of the game, you know. Yeah. And Zaha is a very, very strong boy. He really is a strong boy, you know. Don't be don't be put off by Zaha's kind of um, the amount of times he gets felled. He is a really strong boy who knows how to handle him. It's a bit like Bukayo you know. And uh, I think Ben White, um, for the way he linked up with Saka down the right-hand side, and, you know, his defending is his defending. But for the way he learned how to do touch play, one-twos, overlap, I just think that that, to me, was the most improved player of the season. Yeah. Know? Myself and Eamon were at the Brighton game uh, last month there, and Gabriel was giving Evan Ferguson a few kicks, you know, that he wasn't liking. But he's got a bit of building, Gabriel. He gets away with it, but he's clever, you know. Um, and, and you're going to need that. Next season, Champions yeah. League, you need that 100%. bit of, you know, shut things down. And, yeah. 
because they're going to face a different quality of opposition in the Champions League. You're, you're, you're really entering another stage from the Europa League, aren't you? You know, you're facing quality that you don't meet week on week. Yeah, it can only bode him well. And I think he's had a really good couple of seasons, Gabriel. Another decent signing. That I do very. I'd also be very good to Aussie. I'd give a small mention, and this is totally out of the dark because I've been very critical of the boy before because I didn't think his attitude was right. I thought he was overweight. But had Reese Nelson stayed fit, he was playing really, really well this season. And Arteta has improved him big, big time. He, yeah. But he got he got an injury for six months, but he's leaner, his attitude is better, and he's more tuned into the team. You're surprised and, he wasn't used off the bench a bit more that sort of yeah. last third of the season? was, yeah. yeah well, he, really, he, 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 he wasn't fit, Connor. you know? Mm. But he... <laughs> When he, did, when he went to fine art, when he, he went to fine art, the first yeah. thing they said about him was, your body fat is too high. What does that tell you? You know? But he is a, like, yeah. he, he was the best of his age group. Um, you know, and that included Jaden Sancho and all those people. Um, he's a really, really good player. And I, I think I saw, I saw a, an improvement, certainly in his attitude and an improvement in his tactical awareness this year, you know? Yeah, the moments, Connor, you're referencing there when he was he came off the bench and got a double against Forest, wasn't it, at the end of October? Mm-hmm. And obviously to go against Bournemouth will give him legend status. If that isn't more to a bust that outside the Emirates, I don't know what it, it is. It felt to me there's a few games where he sort of brought on with nine minutes to go or you know, yeah. eight minutes yeah, yeah. to go. And you kind of think, it looks great. Like you know, would you not give him give him give him half an hour, give him give him forty five yeah. minutes, you know. But yeah. but look, yeah. and I, I, I from Arteta's point of view, you know, we've mentioned it that you know, he just thought this has worked for so far. We've put you know how many late goals did Arsenal score? So yeah. he's not gonna want to mess it up too much. He, he trusted yeah. the guys who were out there, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's a fair point, Connor. I think he was afraid at times to bring substitutes on at certain points of the game where he'd ruined the, uh, oh, to say, the flow, you know, afraid to ruin the disruption of the team. Yeah, that side of it, some of the substitutions were sometimes a bit odd at times. To say that, I also, you know, I don't think any reason that Arsenal trailed away was that he was stuck in his ways. I mean, I, I think he showed great. Um, willingness to experiment or to change things up. But the fact that Jorginho came to prominence ahead of party in the closing stages, because and I think, you know, someone told me, but if you look at the stats that Jorginho's passes are far more, you know, going back to what, what yeah. you were saying earlier on, but, you know, the, the, the brave passes and the, you know, they the, go through, they go through, yeah. Passes, yeah. The forward, yeah. That, that's, you know, whereas party was, you know, more defensively minded, more, more safe. Um, and, I, and I think that was a brave call for Martetta to say that, you know, like that, 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 that three, if you'd sit around, you know, before the World Cup break, oh, actually, I'm going to break up this Jacka Odegaard party. You say, whoa, hang on a minute, why, <laughs> why? You know, without an injury, why would you do that? And and but he did. He he felt he felt that 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 Jorginho was was just going to move them up a gear. So, you know, we can all argue it was not the right call and did it work. But at least you could certainly not accuse him of being too rigid and too set in his ways. He did experiment, but he obviously didn't feel Reese Nelson. And you know, you're probably right from fitness point of view. He just wasn't going to be able to give more than he did. Yeah, he's great. I, he... He's a he great talent. He played a more than Smith Rowe, which is very uh, yeah. telling. Yeah. Yeah. Smith Rowe was actually sad that the way injuries affected Smith Rowe because a couple of seasons before he was ripping it up, you know. I think next season we'll see a lot more of Reese and Emil Smith Rowe. I think so. I think, yeah. I think, I think you'll see, yeah, yeah, I think you'll see him introduced a lot more. I think Reese Nelson will see a lot more of him. Um, yeah. He's yeah. he signed his contract as well, isn't it? So fingers yeah. crossed. That is true. I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, me too. Sorry, Ozzy, um, your um, most improved player, sorry, uh, of the season. 
Most improved player. The obvious standout for me. I'd add two down if I could have two. But Granite Xhaka was the obvious standout for me. And yeah. I think he, the way he changed this season, um, he was close to being player of season for me as well, Granite Xhaka. But he he was he was brilliant. Um, and and Amy's already touched on the point. You know, his connect, lost connection with the fans. I thought we saw a different Granite Xhaka today. I thought he, uh, this season. I think I think he played in a different way. Um, the, the, yeah, he he. His, his his movement was phenomenal, and he he was the captain without the armband in the team at times, wasn't he? He was the one that pulled his socks up, and, and you just got to look at that tackle he made. I have to point out, point out a tackle he made against Newcastle when he just threw himself on the line to get back to that. He he had no right to get to that tackle then, and I, I thought he, I thought he was fantastic. Um, the other one that was close for me was Martin Odegaard as well. I know it sounds quite yeah. controversial saying that, but I thought compared to last season. He showed uh, he did get a lot of criticism for not showing up at the big matches and, and stuff like that. And I, I generally think uh, Martin Odegaard had uh, has been a, a massive improvement this season, and he's doubled his goal tally, well, over doubled his goal tally, um, which from last season. So I know I know I like a stat, Eamon, but uh, yeah, he has he has doubled <laughs> he has doubled his goal tally this this season. So that says a lot for him, and and he did get some criticism, and I think it was I think it was fair um, some of it because he did shy away in the bigger games and. He certainly didn't do that this season. So Martin Odegaard was close for me. Trust um, me, trust me, Carl. If I say somebody reminds me of Liam, that's high praise indeed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just like to say as well that the top Premier League goal scorers for last season for ourselves was um, Martin Odegaard and Martin Ellie got 15 each and Sackett threw himself in there 15 first, and all First constant. time in a long time that Arsenal had two scorers over 15, yeah. right? And we didn't heavily rely on one player like City with Haaland. The goals are spread around the team, you know, which is quite refreshing, you know. Um, that brings me on to goal of the season, nicely. Uh, only one for me uh, had to be Reese Nelson against Bournemouth. Um, 97 minutes. I says that would have been the turning point of the season where we'd go on to win the league. <laughs> I should never count it too early. Um, there were so many great goals, to be honest. Uh, Salibus against Bournemouth would have been a very close second. Um, I'll go to you, Connor. Your goal of the season for Arsenal. Oh, I'm trying to think now because I mean it's it's hard to be put in the spot and trying to remember. <laughs> I mean, a goal that stood out for me was the the game at the Emirates against Man United when Saka scored. Um, and I'm trying to remember the the pattern of the play. But I think United had scored not long before the you know, Arsenal were a bit That's in the right. back foot, I think. Yeah. And and just the way he sort of cut in off the wing, and it, it kind of it certainly as a commentator took me by surprise. I didn't think he was going to shoot. He almost sort of shot mid stride. He didn't set himself up. Um, yeah. And I think that's the sort of goal that those elite guys, you know, the 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 Messies and those guys, they, they yeah. score these goals to make you think, hang on, that, that didn't look right. You, you almost want to see the replay. What did, did that take a deflection or something? Because it didn't look right. And he's just in his natural stride. He hits the ball. There's no there's yeah. no sort of wind up to pull the trigger thing. Um, so, uh, yeah, that, that, that goal stood out to me. It's just just been top. Like that's a Champions League standard of a goal. Um, the sleeve one was great. The, the reselection was great. The, in terms of excitement and stuff, and I always think that's the difference. You know, there's there's the, there's the aesthetic of beauty, and then there's the just everyone up off their seat in excitement. And <laughs> those two things, it's you know, they, they they you always need two different goal of the season uh, awards for the two different categories because they're so different. Yeah, I remember. I think I was watching the highlights then and match the day, and Ian Wright's celebration. Reselection <laughs> going crazy with Alan. Sure. No, I know. I really thought we would have kicked on then. I thought the league was in the bag at that stage. You know, I think we're eight points clear. I think after that win, but as they say, never write City off because that's when they kick on, isn't it? March onwards. But um, look, they give they've given us dream. You know, they made us dream. 
and that's uh, basically and you know you know I, I think it's worth saying you know, and I, I know you guys will be the same but from a sort of more neutral perspective for me like for years I used to go to the Emirates and, and I think it's important that the Emirates is the distinction you know the hybrid was different you go to the Emirates and it's amazing this beautiful yeah. structure yeah. Um, and everything in it is lovely the media facilities are fantastic and we all get looked after so well and all the rest of it you you, know, you feel very five-star VIP in there and yeah. um, but for a long time, it was misery. It really was. And you looked around and the fans were disgusted and the feeling <laughs> on the place was despondent. And, you know, and it just shows that famous sort of if you build it, they'll come thing. It's not necessarily true. You can have no. all the, the lovely stadium, but if the team isn't right, um, it, it's yeah. not enough to hold it. You know, and I think there was standard individuals and, you know, guys like I think Santi Cazorla, I think is a good example. It was just a beautiful player to watch and he almost yeah. deserved being a better team at the time. Um, but 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 then you go in there this season and no one's leaving their seats and everyone's so supportive. And if an Arsenal player made a mistake, no problem. You know, he was supported. It was fine. Yeah. No problem. You know, two, three seasons ago, that player would have been hounded, you know. So it, it's 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 great to see Arsenal in that position. And, and I'm saying that, you know, from a neutral point of view. Yeah, there's hope again. You can see with the Ashburton boys as well in the clock end. They've added something to the stadium, you know, and it's taken years since we moved in 06 to get that atmosphere. You know, it's the night games are exhilarating, but, you know, even the three o'clock for Sunday games, to build up an hour or two before the game is... You feel we're done a win, you know, where you'd go into games thinking, oh, geez, there's another three points gone, you know, and you'd be, you know, you're throwing your sorrows down over a £10 pint with a hot dog. <laughs> um, but it was, I mean, because when we come, <laughs> come to age, there's two different places, the Emirates, so the, the radio one is the back of the press box, which is the sort of yeah. lower tier behind the yeah. dugouts and the, the TV is up in the, the front row, of the, the, the sort yeah. of top tier. But when I do the radio commentary, you're, you know, you're very close to, to the back of the, the, the dugouts and you, you like the, the abuse that Arsenal subs warming up used to get from Arsenal fans used to. It was just like, you know, that's the way it used to be. Whereas now it's just, you know, it's the opposition subs who are getting the, with the bit of We good. actually sit just in front of you, Connor. Oh, brilliant. Oh, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we're just down to about five rows ahead of you. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. I mean, it's a fantastic stadium. Fantastic. Yeah. Great views. Yeah. It was definitely money well spent, and they're get, we've got a team now. Where do you playing in this? You know, which is the main thing. You know, and I, I, I think um, that you know, for, for Wenger for a while, it was sort of the sacrifice. You know, pre the pre the mega money, you know, the billionaire owners era. Yeah. What Wenger was thinking, right? We need to build the stadium to make the step. You know, but it, okay, it's going to affect transfer budget for a few years, but it'll be worth it. And in a way, it's now you're seeing the fruition of that investment. Yeah. As we're still playing at Highbury. Where would they be now? It, it, it had to be done the medicine, yeah. but the the unfortunate, you know, and this is why if you look at when the you know the, the owners of Manchester City wanted to buy Manchester City, like why at the time it was it was because would they have the stadium in, in situation and Newcastle? Why did they pick Newcastle? You know, over Everton or over you know other teams that yeah. weren't at the time. You want to buy that because that's the one that takes too much. No matter how much money you have, it takes time to get that. Um, so, the, 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 you know, the Arsenal have, have taken that step the much slower way than having a billionaire do it. Um, but 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 now is the time to, to cash in on it. Yeah, it's like Wenger made a comment a few years ago. He says, it's like having a beautiful woman treat her well and go to laughing. And we're seeing it now under Arteta, that fine head yeah, of hair. Um, he paid for the stadium and got top four every season. That's... That, that's a bigger accomplishment for Wenger, in my view. It is, considering the teams that he had to use, yeah. Losing yeah. big players season and summer and summer. So, Amy, your goal of the season? Who stood out for you? Goal of the season, look, I mean, we, 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 I was there when Reese Nelson did that. The stadium was just supersonic. Um, I ran to hug everybody around me, and then I thought, <laughs> for one awful moment, 
VAR. That's the problem, Connor and Austin <laughs> and Jonathan. You, you can't celebrate a goal anymore, you know? Yeah, Something's going to happen here. But I'm going to give it to Jorginho for his um, whack off the crossbar <laughs> that hit Emmy Martinez, an absolute dickhead on the head, and it rolled into the goal just for pure spite. Right, because and, and then I'm gonna give number two to Martinelli rolling it into an empty goal when that other dickhead was up having a um, trying to score my corner because that boy, you know, uh, he has notions about the station. Okay, he won a world cup, and as your colleague in RTA, Darren Maloney said, when he put that trophy down near his midriff, and um, he said, You had your chance and you blew it, son. That was a good commentary, you know, and I just think. Emmy Martinez um, is he's, he's a good goalkeeper, but he's nothing special. He's nothing special. If he was, it wouldn't have taken him 27 years of age to get a game, you know? And I just thought his attitude towards Arsenal since he left um, has been absolutely shocking. And to see Jorginho smack one off the bar and hit him on the head and go in when we had played terribly that day. We were shocking that day. <laughs> but to get that as a winner in the 90th minute. And then, and then what happened, just for good measure, my Wi-Fi went off as Villa were taking the corner. And then I got a, a live flash. 4-2. And when I look back and it, it was just the funniest moment of the season. So, like, for like two goals of the season, them two. It was just beautiful, Jorginho being Brazilian, scoring against an Argentinian as well, just made the most. And then, uh, Ozzy, your goal of the season? Yeah, I'm going to go for Thomas Partey against Spurs at the Emirates. Yeah, um, that that rocket in the top corner. Um, it was around the time, it was October, wasn't it, when people were saying, well, Arsenal haven't played anyone yet, haven't played anyone yet, haven't played anyone yet. It was after we beat Brentford away. It was a couple of weeks after losing to United. We won't talk about that because that was a VAR shocker. Um, <laughs> But, but but yeah, that Thomas Partey was one of those moments where, and we've done it a few times this season, where we just sort of, um, you know, we've had, Arsenal haven't played anyone, they've not done it yet, we don't believe in them yet, it's, it's, the bubble's going to burst, and it was one of those sort of moments where we sort of stamped down, and, and, and Thomas Partey, what a hit it was, it was a nice, it was a nice day at the Emirates, it was, the atmosphere was rocking, and I'm just very fond of that. Um you know, the obvious one is Reese Nelson, isn't it, as well? You know, the, the celebration, the euphoria for that was absolutely amazing. And that's probably one of the best goals I've celebrated in a long time. But, but yeah, but Thomas Partey versus Tottenham was very up there, up there for me. And that was a good day. It was a good day when I watched uh, Conte bring on with five five defenders to see the, to try and stop the game being any more than three one was quite an achievement because it kind of it was one of those sort of wins where you just sort of thrown it in people's faces and said, look, we're the Arsenal, we're not we're 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 playing a big team now. Do you want us to beat it? And and that led on to go and beat Liverpool after that, didn't it? Um, and and you know it's just a good a good period of time. I think we was we was playing very well at that point. Yeah, we've done the double over spores this season, which doesn't happen over the last few years. And uh, if they're minus Harry Kane come next season, that, that could sadly be the end of spores, thank God. It won't be a shed say. Yeah, look, it's, it's great to have rivalry, isn't it? You, you miss them when they're not there. <laughs> um, best game of the season, um, I don't want to go for myself, the 3-2 home in over Liverpool. Uh, Martinelli obviously scored after less than a minute uh, and Saka scored twice um, Nunes and Firmino got the goals for Liverpool but the penalty which was in the 76 minute by Saka the pressure you know if you'd missed that you know but he's 
he's so confident now stepping up for penalties since that, that miss against Italy. Uh, it had, you know, he's, he's a lot of guts, that lad, and he's had a really standout season. And sign, seeing, seeing him signing a new contract, you know, for the Arsenal, I've never been happier. No, he's going to have a great season in the Champions League as well, I think. And he deserves that stage to play on as well. Um, Connor, your game of the season um, for I'm, Arsenal? I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think about And I, I did see an awful lot of Arsenal this season. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm trying to think. I mean, look, yeah. in terms of game, now, this is not what you would say. I think I think Man City's performance against Arsenal, the Etihad, was was astounding. It was you know, it was, it was every bit as good as their, their Real Madrid thing. But I know that's not the point of this chat. <laughs> um, I remember on New Year's Eve going to Brighton um, and yeah. again, it was one of those days, you know, back when, as you sort of alluded to other, that where you feel this is Arsenal's year because Brighton, I think, scored very early in the game and then they came right. back. And but but whatever they had to offer, and there's a good Brighton team, and we know the story they've had all season. Arsenal had something else; they were able to step up in other gear, kept coming back, kept coming back, and um, that felt a sort of um, you know defined defining day of the season absolutely this 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 title surge which has begun from the start of the season is going to continue post world cup um and yeah i, I remember that day thinking you know they can go and win the league yeah i remember uh, paul merson was in it was on sky that game and paul merson says after that game he says if, if you're still in it with 10 games to go we're going to go on to win the league and just looking we went on to win <laughs> I think it was four games out of last <laughs> so Paul Merson never made that prediction again that early but no yeah I remember Evan Ferguson actually scored his first goal for Brian yeah. in the Premier League against us and he out muscled Saliba that night and I said this boy's got talent and after that he just went on a little run a goal I think he got a couple against I think it was Everton I think the next week and then Leicester and he's had a really I actually like to see Evan Ferguson at Arsenal I think he'd, he'd add something to us you know stop um, John Stop. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Stop. He, he, stop. I, I, I mean, it's not, it's not FIFA manager. The guy is only a young lad. He's got to. He's got to find his way in football first. Would you stop? Jeez. Don't don't insult one of our own, please, eh? No, he's, he's going to be a fantastic player. I'm a Bohemians fan. We played him at fourteen. Right. He's a fantastic player. But would you let him develop before you start this? Carry on, you know. Sign him now, dear. Sign him now before he comes. He's got he's got talent, that boy. And look, look, you know, if if you are, you know, yeah. Good enough, old enough stuff, but you know, Saka, Martinelli, great examples of how you don't have to be into your twenties to play regularly in in the Premier League. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, um, you know, but Martinelli went down the other end in that game, Connor. And scored through Sanchez's legs. Mm. I think it was to make it for two. They just, as you said, we kept coming back. Anything Brighton, you know, they gave as good as they got as well. Uh, and that's a very good Brighton team as well. Yeah, not many teams won there this season, yeah. No, no, that's true. Yeah, they, they, and they, I think their league position probably they probably deserved maybe even to sneak in the Champions League positions. In my opinion, they played that well, but sadly. They keep losing one or two big players every summer and they can't really but, keep going but, on like that, yeah. But, but, you know, you say that, but you look back, if, if you were to take over the last few years, their best attackers were Trossard and um, and Mope, who, you know, not, not that he was outstanding, but he, he had scored the most goals. Yeah. Uh, the best midfielder was Yves Basuma. Their best defenders were Ben White and and, and Dan Byrne. Um, their best goalkeeper was Sanchez. You know, all of them have been have been shifted out of the team and, and they just yeah. respawn and they come back with some other guy you've never heard of who's brilliant and you go, where'd you get this guy from, you know? 
I mean, I mean, who 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 knew much about Alexis McAllister, and now he's one of the yeah. most coveted players in the world. So they they they've done it too often for it to be a fluke. That is that you can't rely on it. You know, you, every yeah. young kid that comes through is not going to be a world beater. But boy, they seem to have a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, they seem to have a great scout network, haven't they? Especially yes. South America, that and see so lad that scored. Oh, I think it got so goal when they're not, uh, and they're, they're kids. It's kids, it's, uh, yeah, but they play with so they're at you know so so much maturity. You know, yeah. probably well beyond. You know, it's they're a great team to watch. They're my second favorite team, being honest, Brighton. You know. Um, so if we don't win the league next year, I'm changing colours. <laughs> I think I think um, I said I said Connor on one of the previous podcasts. <laughs> one of our best signings could be the Brighton Scouting Network. Where the trouble is, Newcastle have already done that. They've already sort of been in to try and do that, and then I guess Chelsea yeah. tried to do it by taking Potter and um, who was it, Bruno, and you know the, 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 some of the backroom staff guys. But they just, I mean. You know, even you know, we're talking about the players, even with the manager. Potter was brilliant, and then they get this other guy who instantly is even better. It's just what, yeah. insane. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's just a really fairly tale story, but they deserve all the plaudits this season, Brighton. Yeah, absolutely great to watch. Um, your game of the season, Eamon? Well, before I do that, and I know Connor has to go on another call, so I'm going to make this quickly. But I'll just say to you, uh, I'm going to reveal all. I am Brighton's chief skill. <laughs> if everybody listen to Billy Bell, everything will be okay. Uh, John Joyle's here. Um, so, look, the game of the season for me was the one that Connor referenced about Bukayo Saka's goal against Man United because I was at that game sitting. In, I thought you, you were probably doing radio that day, were you? Because um, it was on Sky. I worked for uh, Premier League Productions, so it, it was yeah, a okay. global audience. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I was in that area just in front of the radio bit. I didn't expect him to hit it either. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it got a deflection, so you're bang on there. It was so unexpected. But the reason... Oh, he's frozen. <laughs> it's very odd, Eamon. It freezes in time. <laughs> um, Nilt over. Like, yeah, yeah. I've got the Arsenal were relentless for the last 20 minutes. They were just relentless. It was a late January afternoon, and for 20 minutes, we were just relentless and got the winning goal. So for me... That was the most, most exciting thing that I'd seen this season. Um, and one last point. Um, you mentioned Leicester City earlier, Con. Um, Brighton are going to be the Leicester City now because so many of their players are going, to be, are going to be grabbed. But as you say, they just seem to have layers and layers. And what I'm saying about Evan Ferguson is the guy is 18. He's a phenomenon. Let him, let him develop. Like, you can't have, it's not a grushy. It's not like being in Benevent de la Salle, where, you know, <laughs> the Christian brothers trapped sweets <laughs> over the head, you know, I'll grab them. You know, you can't have every player. Let the guy develop. From an Irish, from an Irish boy point of view, that guy is the future of Ireland, you know, as are some others, and we've got some good talent coming through. Just let the guy develop, you know. <laughs> In other words, sign him up in the summer. Okay. Uh, Ozzy, your game of the season, pal? I'll keep it brief for Connor because I know you've got to go, mate. Um, I'm, I'm going to say Newcastle away. And there's a reason for I'll put that as a, a 2 0 win away because when all hope was lost, they gave us hope. Yeah. And it's gave me hope for the rest of the next season. But everything was down at Arsenal. Everyone was down. The fans yeah. were down. The players were down. And they put a performance like that at St. James's Park where, St. Je- where Newcastle needed to win. It was a. They soaked up the atmosphere. They put a professional performance in. Um, yep. a solid performance, mm. and that gives me hope for next season. Um, and, and, and and that's for me, the bit 
one of the best, my favourite game of the season because when I say give us yeah. hope at the time, it was a slim chance, but it gives a little bit of hope. But for next season, they carry that with them. Um, but that, that for me was the game of the season for me um, to, to, to end it on. Yeah, uh, yeah, to, to keep a St James's Park crowd quiet like that and not let them play at their own game. You know, even Eddie Howe said a very few go to St. James's and do what we done, stifled them, you know. And that early goal from Odegaard really did. Um, it was vital. The high press that day, because Newcastle yeah. was such a steady was, yeah. They play out so comfortably. Other teams have tried to press them. They've, they've gone through the press. But Arsenal did the, you know, clever pressing where, you know, it's not just about sprinting in, but sprinting in numbers at the right time. And the amount of mistakes they forced on the edge of the penalty area was was incredible. And no, I don't think anyone did that to Newcastle at St. James's Park this season. Yeah. Not too right. Um, I, don't don't like, to I actually think Dan Bourne is an absolute stick. Honestly, God, I wouldn't have him playing for a Galway United. He's too terrible. Oh, but he's done know? so well, hasn't he? I mean, and, and you're right. You know, he, he, <laughs> he's he's he, he he doesn't. You know, he he doesn't look like a footballer, does he? I, I think he looks like he belongs playing a different sport. But but you, know, you look at the results. <laughs> I'm, you look I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. I know. No, I, I do love the story though that you know he's he is proper born and bred Newcastle. He was in the academy. Yeah. You know, he was a season ticket holder as a kid and. All that stuff. I love that. In in modern football, there isn't enough of that. So it's um, you know, I, I think he's he's found the right place to be. I wouldn't like to be Anthony Man United. Yeah, he is born born and bred in Newcastle. I didn't know that actually, Connor. Till actually yeah. this season, yeah. Um, a fair play to him. Look, he, he he's he does a job, doesn't he? And he does it effectively. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Anthony nutmegs him again for Man United against Newcastle. <laughs> <There's> only... <laughs> um. That's um just uh, moving on quickly. Um confirmed pre-season games for the Arsenal. July the twentieth, we'll be playing the MLS All-Stars, uh Tour of America. This is uh July the twenty-second is against Man United, and then the twenty-sixth is against um Barcelona. So three crackers there. And then obviously August the sixth, we'll be playing Man City now in the community shield, um, which will be out Wembley. So uh, hopefully Connor gets us a few tickets there. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free, Heineken, going your way, Connor. Um, 23, 24 Premier League fixtures will be released on towards the week at 9 a.m. Um, and so another nine months of hard uh, and um, liver failure on the way. Um, possible summer transfers, that's very briefly before we no, wrap no, up the show. Um, no, few no, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do a transfer show separately, John. We'll I'd just like to say, I want one player this summer and that's Declan Rice and that's it. That'll uh, be my uh, thing. I'd just like to thank, lads. It's been a great season. I know, Connor, you've only come on at the back end of this one, but I'd like to thank um, Carl Ozzy and the rest of the guests that I had over the last nine months. It's been a pleasure having you. Um, we'll be back in August. Hopefully, Connor, if you're interested in Next season, it'd be nice to have you on again. Oh, definitely. Sounds good, lads. We'll keep in touch. Good, good. Yeah, I'm just, I just like to say one comment about summer transfers and it's advice to all Arsenal fans, particularly under the age of 30, who go into meltdown. Looking at transfer news every day is about <laughs> you'd be better off looking at the behaviour of grey squirrels and their nocturnal <laughs> habits in urban forestry and parklands. Really, seriously now, for the summer, just relax. Let the things happen. Don't read all that new stuff and go into meltdown because if it comes up on my thread, I'm going to go all GAA back to my roots and I'll be cracking skulls. I'm not having it anymore. Okay? Let's enjoy the summer. 
as always, just to wrap up the show, lads, uh, you can catch our show on the Dublin Arsenal YouTube channel, Spotify, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok and Facebook. Check out throughout the summer. We'll be updating you on um, possible transfers and hopefully confirmed transfers over the next couple of months. Uh, check out our sister show, Beyond the Land, this man with Martin Stoneville. Thanks to him too, who, uh, who edits this show week in, week out. How he sticks it for an hour or so, I don't know, but thank you, Martin. Check out our sponsor, Bannon Sports Direct, JoeSarcel.com with Pat McLaughlin, and the River Bar is where you can catch us in Dublin City Centre for all the Arsenal games for uh, next season. Thanks to my guests tonight, Carl uh, Ozzy Osborne, Eamon Donnelly, thanks for your contribution throughout the season, and to BBC's very own um, John Matson in the making, uh-huh. Connor and Mark, thanks, thanks, thanks for coming great, on. Great, great to see you. Cheers. Thanks a million. Cheers. Thanks, lads. Have a good summer, and uh, see you next season. Take care. Come on, you asked. <laughs>